This episode of Diamond Talk is brought to you by Megaseats.com. Megaseats.com is your go-to website for buying tickets for your favorite sporting events, concert, or theater. Yeah, you heard me right. Go see a Yankee game during the day, then go see Springsteen on Broadway at night. It's that easy. This website is awesome. There are no service fees ever. There's no shipping to get you your tickets, and the website is super user-friendly. And right now, use the code SSAW Network for 10% off. I went and checked it out. I looked myself. You get a great map of the venue. You get to see where your seats are to watch whatever you're going to be watching. And when you enter in that code, you do get 10% off. And there's no service fees or shipping added. So the price you see is the price that you're actually going to pay. And I'm used to having to click through a couple different screens to see what my actual price is. Best thing about this website is whatever you see on that screen as you're perusing tickets, that is the price you're going to see on your receipt. So go to megaseats.com and get your tickets for the next sporting event and we'll see you on the field. Everybody. Welcome back to Diamond Talk, and today we're just gonna pretty much talk about the season, man. It's been it's been a great few weeks here. Uh, a lot of interesting stuff happening. Aaron Judge is gonna be paid like sixty million dollars a year after the end of the season, the way he's going. But I'm here with Rob today. Yo, Rob, how you doing? Yo, what's going on, man? Yeah, definitely. Like you said, a lot of a lot of good stuff to talk about. Uh, a, a lot of teams are doing great things. It's not just you know, the focus isn't just on your favorites. So it's it's definitely good to be able to hop on and, and highlight a lot of good things that a lot of different teams are doing. It's been it's been a good season so far. And I think I, it's a little bit, I'm not going to say surprising, but we're, we're in a good place, man. Like, as, as of yesterday, we have the, 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 the Coast teams. When I'm talking about the, the Yankees, the Mets, the Angels, the Dodgers, and I'm going to throw the Giants in there, too, because Giants are technically first place in that division. Right. All these teams are performing at top optimal level right now. They're, they all lead the, 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 their divisions, except for the Dodgers. They're in second place by game. But it's been, it's been a great time for baseball right now. And I, I got to say, I, th- I think the, the sport's in a better place when the big market teams are winning. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I, think, I think it's a good thing. It's definitely a good thing for them. Um, I, I think it's more of a it's more of the big market teams that you don't usually see hold up their end of the bargain, right? It's the, it's the team that the teams that we always highlight, right? The angels are culprit number one, like and the angels, uh, uh, people have said it, look, man, it's, it, it went from with the angels and, and angels fans know this. It went from people mocking, you know, you're wasting Mike Trout's career. Mike Trout's never in the playoffs to now it's <laughs> you're wasting Mike Trout and Shohei Otani's career. Like, you know, like it's like, it's like double whammy for them. Like, so the, the angels are definitely one that for them, it, it's good to see, it's good to see them uh, flourish, you know, to start the season again. It's, it's, it's a long season. We have, we, we have a, a long road still, still, still ahead for them. But I mean, you know, for, for the angels, when you have an MVP, the level of, of the level of a Taylor Ward, right? Like, it's like the, 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 the when you, when you have an MVP of that level, it's, you're, you're definitely going to start winning games. It's as simple as that. You know how crazy this Angels team is. You have a Mike Trout. You have Shohei. You have called. You have almost called 
Rendon at third, Anthony Rendon at third, who's making a billion dollars a year, and arguably your best player is Tyler Ward this year so far. Arguably, right? You can make that yeah. argument. And then yeah. you also have, you know, Yankee fan favorite Tyler Wade out there doing his thing where it, it's it's crazy because he looks like an actual shortstop. Like, you can – you look at him and you look at him play right now and say, oh. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not gonna be deceived. I'm not gonna be deceived, man. I you're not gonna you're not gonna get me on here saying nice stuff about Tyler Wade. I'm not gonna be deceived. Tyler Wade, Tyler Wade is the type of player where like you know how like I say like I need to see you do it like two years. From Tyler Wade, I need five years of consistent production before I before I give him any benefit of the doubt, man. Dude, you know, and it's it's also on the pitching side too. You know, you have come on man, Thor Thor's doing it up. Noah Syndergaard right now, he's pitching like an ace. And and that's something yeah. that, you know, Health is gonna matter, obviously, but dude, it's cra- it's crazy that like it's almost like the point about the Angels needing pitching was right. Like <laughs> it's it's almost like that. It's almost like that's the thing that they were missing, right? Like we could sit here and and for sure, like I think a lot of us agree that the Angels still have to kind of lock down like a bigger name, like one of those guys that today yeah. in today's game we would consider like top ten, top fifteen, but. You know, once you get, if you get the production of a Noah Syndergaard, we know the stuff that Noah Syndergaard has. If you get the production of some of these other guys, it, it look, any, anything you can get from these guys is going to be a benefit when you have the kind of lineup that you have. Like that, that's just the honest truth. Bro, you score, you score eight runs a game, <laughs> at least. That, that lineup is, that, they that, should. That stupid. Yeah. That's the thing though. They should though. They should. Like it's, that, that's why that's, it goes back to them holding up their end of the bargain. Like you're it's not like it's not like we're sitting here and bashing the Angels for not investing in baseball. You feel they, me? Or not investing in, in their fan in their base. Team. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. They care they care about their fan base. Like whether whether it's extending trout, whether it's the 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 contract that they gave Pujols when they brought Pujols in, they care about their fan base. Like they they bring it, they are always in the race for marquee players. It just it just hasn't worked out. These aren't the Pittsburgh Pirates, is what you're saying. Yeah, 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 right, no, right. Like, like, I, like, I know he's not here right now, but no. Financially, you're trying. Financially, <laughs> you're trying. Nah, man, but, you know, you, you brought up something great. You said they need a big-name pitcher, and a big-name pitcher just got taken off the market for two years. At least, right? Uh, you know, pending appeal yeah. and stuff like that. But if you haven't heard yet, the MLB cracked down on Trevor Bauer and that whole situation, giving him essentially a two-year suspension with no time served, right? So he's been out for about a season so far and they're saying yeah we're not even gonna honor that we're just gonna ban you for two years and i think it's absolutely insane i've never seen an overcorrection like this pretty much ever the the only other time that we've heard about it being talked about is kind of like the nfl because the nfl has had domestic violence you know situations and you know they went from giving ray rice four games to now it's that's now they take it pretty seriously MLB is kind of in that same boat where we've seen guys get suspended for a while, right? Uh, Marcelo Zuna out there in Atlanta is probably the biggest name that we've really heard about. He got suspended pretty much for a season. And, you know, I think that the situation is a little bit different. Um, certainly if you talk to, not if you talk to, but if you see the, the documents, if you see what's the Trevor Bauer situation really about, it's it's a whole different situation in my opinion, and this isn't even me saying anything. This is like the court of law saying, "Hey, we didn't find anything there that thought that this was either criminal or even civil, kind of you know enough to to, to put uh, 
what's called Bauer and Institute Integration. The MLB, however, they're like, hey, yeah, screw all that. Here's two years of your livelihood, you know, in a, in a profession that age matters. <laughs> man, what, what, what are your thoughts on that? Man? that? That's hard. That's a lot of teams that, because I don't think anyone thought that he would be going back to the Dodgers anyway, just because the way that they talked about him. But, you know, we mentioned the Angels. I thought that was a real possibility. I thought Angels were a real possibility for Bauer. You know, we look at the New York teams. Cohen's spending money. So him ending up in a Met uniform isn't the craziest thing that would have happened. You know, and then the Yankees, the Yankees are always looking pitching. So, man, what do you think this impact is on not only Bauer, but but kind of the sport? Yeah, I, I, it's a huge impact, man, because uh, it always turned – look, it always turned into a situation across sports, whether you're talking baseball, basketball, football, whatever. When you have these situations of, like, domestic violence um, – or you know any type any type of violence any type of, of rule breaking any type of of, of uh, racism like you know like different things like that 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 players go through right I always make it clear like you you need to explain to me when you're talking about the person off the field and when you're talking about the person like on the field right like like what they do when they're on when when they have the uniform on playing and it's fine if you think the person is shitty as a person right like. But I'm talking about just the player. So in terms of the player, you're talking about a guy who a lot of people consider top five pitcher in the game, top 10 pitcher in the game at worst at this moment. He went from being on cloud nine, being on top of the world, like coming off a Cy Young season, signing with the Dodgers. And I think you brought up a great point. I don't I don't think he saw himself as a long term Dodger. I think that's why he signed the three year deal the, the, the way that he did. Because I think, you know, there would have been a lot of teams out there where he was when he was a free agent that would have offered him a five or six year deal. Um, and I think I think L.A. for him served more as an audition. I think he went to L.A. because L.A. LA was a team that would give him the opportunity to be surrounded with talent. We know we know the work that L.A. puts in with their pitchers. I think he used or at least he was planning to use L.A. as a proving ground because I think even though he won a Cy Young, a lot of people looked at him as like, yeah, you did it with the Cincinnati Reds, and the Cincinnati Reds didn't really do much. And so it's not that like was, that was also COVID season. Yeah, right. And 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 I think I think it's more of like people prove every time every time you win a Cy every time a pitcher wins a Cy Young, I feel like there's this added uh, pressure, this added responsibility that comes right. Like like we look at a guy like Robbie Ray, right? Robbie Ray is coming off winning a Cy Young and he just signed the contract with Seattle. And now everyone is looking at him as Seattle's number one. Yeah. You are being depended on to, to, um, you know, to, to provide, uh, to provide good starts for your team and things like that. And I just think, I, oh man, it, it, it's a rough situation. It's on, it's, it's honestly a rough situation. You know, the hard part, the hard part for me, you know, baseball side, right? Cause baseball matters. Obviously we, we know how good of a player Trevor Bauer is. But to me, this goes back to Rob Manfred being absolutely fucking shit at his job, right? Like, you know, first, I think we all we all can tell that I, I don't know Trevor Bauer personally. You know, on social media, I think he's kind of a dick. But the MLB and, and the Dodgers, like, it's very apparent they don't give a fuck about him. It's very apparent they don't like him yeah. for whatever reason. Right. You know, it's not, it doesn't, it goes past the point of just, you know, this is a person who did a bad thing. They le- legitimately don't like this man as a human being. And you can't make, you can't make it more obvious than with the sentence, man. Cause it, it, at that point, look, an- another thing that a lot of people don't talk about when it, when it comes to Bauer, right. 
Um, I think not only just coming off the, the, the point that, that I had just made about, you know, the pressure that comes along with being a Cy Young winner and, and him getting his money and, and going to L.A. And, and look, he could be he could be the number two, the number three guy in L.A., but you're still looked at as a number one. Well, absolutely. That's why I keep yeah. saying, like, L.A. is an audition. You could be L.A.'s number three. That doesn't mean that a lot of other teams aren't the Angels, kind of, right? Is. That doesn't it mean is. that a lot of teams looking at you as a potential number one, right? Like, it, it, dude, it turns into such a rough situation because um, a lot of people don't point out the fact that he was probably – he's probably one of the most disliked players by, like, the MLB executives, right? MLB he's so outspoken. Yeah. Yeah, like he's he's been so outspoken against Rob Manfred and 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 everything they do and things like that that it dude it it honestly oh man it's so rough because I don't want to I don't want this to turn into a situation where you look at at what Bowers being accused of and then being like oh but you know what about the Astros cheating but like yo it's like it literally you have to look at the punishment and be like yeah. what are we doing here man like like like. If we look at so if we look at the facts with Bauer, right, and we're not gonna get too into it because you know we weren't there, right. So I don't I, we don't want to put put anyone in right. a position of hey this is what we think or whatever. But the, the the things that we do know, right, at least at least as far as what has been shown to the public, is till now it hasn't been disproven that this was just like consensual sex, right? It was consensual sex with a lot of you know extra things. Uh, you know, you mentioned right. violence, man, stuff. You know, the, the problem is that there's text messages that show that Bauer not only did that, you know, with permission, but they wanted it to do it again and to do it like harder. Which, again, not that we were there, not that we know the situation, but if I'm the commissioner of the MLB, like, why am I playing the moral police in this situation? You know what I mean? Like, no laws were violated, and and They've tried it. No laws that no no laws were violated, right? And and now you're telling me because I'm your employer and and you did something in your spare time, in the sanctity of your own home, I'm gonna punish you for the next two years. That just doesn't sit right with me. That just doesn't sit right with me. And I guess some other situations it's needed, right? Like the Felipe uh, Lopez situation a couple of years back with his situation, lifetime ban. Completely get it. That's not that's not a MLB matter. That's legit someone's life in danger kind of matter. But but right. with this one, you know, it just sets a bad standard because you know what else happens? You know, we always got to remember these guys are adult men. They they do their own things outside of outside of the media's eyes, and and, and we can't start punishing people for that kind of crap. That, that's just my thing uh, on it as a scope. But you mentioned you mentioned how good of a pitcher he is, and. How he's probably the ace of, of any other rotation other than the Dodgers because you know Dodgers have their people. I would add the Marlins to that because right now the Marlins rotation is absolutely ridiculous. From one yeah. through like seven, these guys <laughs> have nothing but but arms. I know you touched on it a little bit, but man, what are you seeing out of these guys? Um, I'm 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 seeing exactly what the Marlins executives were hoping to see. When you invest, uh, not not just invest, but when you make the moves that the Marlins have made, they got rid of their entire outfield. Not not saying that they gained all of these guys through through their outfield trades, right? But we know that 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 they're the year that they got rid of their entire outfield. That's what stands out: Giancarlo Yelich and Ozuna, right? They ended up getting guys like Sixto Sanchez out of the JT Realmuto trade. Um, 
they ended up getting, you know, flip, yo, not for nothing, but we have to take a moment to look at when teams are able to, in my opinion, flip short-term pieces for long-term pieces. I don't think that, I don't think a lot of teams get, get given enough credit for that. Um, Jesus Luzardo is a perfect example. Yeah. The Marlins flipping Starling Marte, who by all indication didn't fit in with what with the stage that the Marlins are currently in. Because he's a veteran. Starling Marte, look, he's with he signs with the Mets. He yeah. obviously signed with the Mets for a reason, right? Like he's in a better position. He's on an actual team that a lot of people are looking as a potential contender at this moment in time. Yeah. That's kind of where veterans fit in. The Marlins don't fit into that scheme. They gain a arm like Jesus Lazardo, who could be in that rotation for the next decade. Yeah. You feel me? Like it's it's so impressive, and it it's e- it's even more impressive because you're talking about. Look, I haven't even mentioned Pablo Lopez or or Sandy Alcantara, who are their two best pitchers right now, and they're both 26. They're both 26, man. Like Sandy, just I'm a little um, I don't want to say too worried because I think they'll give the the, the money to Pablo. Uh, we saw that they just gave money to Sandy, but I just hope that the Marlins don't turn this into a situation where it quickly, two years from now, turns into, oh, we're not contending. Let's just start selling off our arms, right? I think it's still a situation where you, you have to put together a team, man. Like, you can't, you, let, let's be honest here. You could have seven arms. You're not going to win a title with seven arms, man. Like, look at that lineup. Yeah. <laughs> you still, you still have to, yeah. And, and Jazz, uh, Jazz Chisenholm ain't carrying you to a title, man. Like, <laughs> you still have to invest more pieces into that lineup, and that's, that's personally what I have to see from the Marlins. I don't think anyone is worried about their pitching. I think I want to see where they, where they're at, um, and how much they're actually willing to invest in their lineup at this moment in time. That's what the that that's what the Marlins are missing, and and I don't think we've started an episode with Marlins talking a while, if ever. But to, to me, the, what the Marlins are really missing is big name on offense. And Jazz has a big name, but he's not necessarily a big kind of player, if, if you know what I mean, right? Like, yes. he's good. He, he's a good short, I mean, he's a good second baseman shortstop. He's going to be a great second baseman shortstop wherever he ends up in his career. But truth of the matter is, he's not your guy that's going to have a close to 900 OPS. That's just not what you expect from him. That's what the Marlins are really missing, in my opinion. And we mentioned Juan Soto and how eventually he's going to go somewhere. Well, look, Marlins are going to have the rotation because those guys are there for, for the next, you know, three to five years at least. They're going to have the money. They're not paying anybody. You know, who's their highest paid player? I think it's Aguilar at first, if, if that. Or maybe, what's the name, the, the guy uh, Solar, that they just picked up this year, right? Uh, in free yeah, it might, it might be Solar, yeah. Yeah. You have you have quite some money there for um, a Mr. Juan Soto. I'm just saying, dude. It's 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 crazy because it goes back to that thing where you're just like, look at the division, right? Atlanta, Acuna Jr. Yeah. Philly, Bryce Harper. Washington, Juan Soto. The Mets, Lindor. Every other team in the division has a superstar in the lineup outside of the Marlins. Yeah. Every other team, and when that's the case. It does not matter how good your pitching is. It's still going to be rough for you to make it out of the, of the division. Not saying that you can't. You know, there might be a, a, a Cinderella year that you put together and your pitching just over dominates the division, right? But I'm just saying it's never going to be easy until you have a superstar in that lineup. You're absolutely right. I'm trying to look for You know what I'm trying to look for right now? Uh, you might see me on my phone. 
don't the Marlins – oh, yeah, Trevor Rogers. There we go. Trevor Rogers really hasn't even pitched this year. But he's part of that, like, seven-man yeah. rotation that's absolutely insane. Yeah. He's like, he's like a, a, a back thought, right? Like, we don't even, we don't even think about him right. how good that rotation is. But, yeah, look. Yeah, no, absolutely. If you're, if you're the Marlins, I think you got to look at the market and what's out there in, in the next couple of years. You know, you might be able to pick up some guys on discounts. Like, Nolan Arenado, he, by the time he's a free agent, you might be able to get, you might be able to get him on a discount. Right? I, I wouldn't go as far as this. I think a guy like Nolan Arenado is a guy you might be able to potentially trade for pretty soon not because yeah they have excess arms i mean it it's crazy but the real the real talk about the division right now is the mets which you know we we i i, I always think of them as like you know yankees little brother i had one of my boys text me the other day he's like yo i see a lot more met fan met, met, uh like caps out here in the streets i'm like yeah because they're because they're not ass this year finally but let's talk about the mets a little bit Everything, everything right now is, is is on full gear, right? Lindor, great season so far, looking like the guy who we know he is, which is a top three shortstop, and he's only number two because uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. is not a human being, right? We look at that rotation. Degrom hasn't pitched a game yet, but they're they're holding in there. Chris Bass, a great addition, he's he's killing it, right? We've seen Max Scherzer out there, he's killing it. Edwin Diaz at the back of the bullpen, he's doing really well. He's a guy, he's another guy who we talk about all the time about it, who won that trade, whether the Mets, the Marlins, or, or the Mariners. We're pretty even right now. I, I haven't seen I haven't seen anything on the Mariner guys do, do anything. Kalanick's been yeah. kind of trash. But yo, what do you have on our on our other brothers from New York? They're they're making noise. They're making noise. I think I think it's good for their fan base because look, their fans deserve in a way to actually have hope that means something because it's one thing when you have hope and you're under like a, a terrible owner or something like that, either you're under a terrible owner or like you could be under a terrible owner, but at least have some sense of direction, right? Like if you have, if you have baseball people hired as, as presidents and GMs and things like that, you could still put together a really good team and, and something that you could be proud of. I don't think the Mets have had that for a lot, a long time. And I think I think they've started they started to see the pieces that they had when you have a first baseman like a Pete Alonso, who you know is going to be one of the premier first basemen in the leagues for for years to come. When you have a Jacob Degrom, who's already established himself as one of the best pitchers in the history of the game of baseball, like he could retire today and he's still in that conversation. That's how dominant like his his run has been. You have to make the proper investments, and for whatever people want to think of Steve Cohen, the man is willing to invest in the Mets. And we've seen that with every single move that he made this offseason. And we're going to see that with every single trade that comes in these next two or three years because the Mets are going for a World Series. Like that 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 is that is the only that's the only point here, people, when you sign, I, I heard some I heard someone um say it the other day, you know, Max Scherzer is a mercenary. That's the only reason you overpay Max Scherzer for a three-year deal, right? Yeah. You expect to win a World Series in those three years. That that pays it off. One title pays off the Max Scherzer contract. That's it. It it really does not matter. <laughs> like like it really does not matter. Max Scherzer could be the worst pitcher in baseball for the next two years out after that contract. It does not matter. One title pays for it. Like that and that's and that's what you're investing in. I I think the Mets the Mets have looked the best that they can look and not for nothing, but they just keep. 
they keep in a way just finding little pieces, right? Like no one was talking about uh, Tyler Tyler McGill like before yeah. the year, right? And he's out here four and zero, right, with a sub two ERA, like just just putting up quality starts for the Mets. So it turns into that type of thing where now you have this guy paired with a Bassett and a Scherzer and a potential Degrom return down the line, which not not only did um, I think you you alluded to you know in some of the previous episodes when we talked about the Grom. It low key turned into another kind of mercenary situation. Yeah. Because if you could bring the Grom on in July, you know, or something like that, if where I'm, you heavily uh, cut down his starts. Yo, if I'm the Mets, I'm not throwing the Grom out there until like August. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yo, yo just chill dude. in the chamber. You've seen the Dragon Ball Z freeze yeah, the chamber. No. That's what we need for the Grom. Dude, if the Mets, look, I, I, I'll put it to you this way. If the Mets, the Mets need to manage to be no worse than second in the division. By the time Degrom returns, yeah. If they can manage to stay in the top two, they're gonna go to the postseason. With with a Degrom return, they're gonna go to the postseason. That's my opinion. But they have to kind of remain on that level. If they kind of fall off again, I don't think Degrom's return is just enough to 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 um to send them there. And they kind of need all their stuff to keep working how it's been working, right? Yeah. Like if we see a Francisco Lindor regression in the second half. I don't think that does anything well for your chances right, to make the right. postseason. So it, it, it's things like that. They, they all just have to come and play for New York. Man, I, you know what I love you mentioned? You, this is a championship or bust team. And I think that helps the markets, right? Like, we, we make fun of the Dodgers all the time, right? We, we, we call them whatever. Nick, you know, famously calls them the dog charge or, dog charge or whatever. <laughs> but, but here's the thing. When you spend money, you create two things. One, people are going to talk about you. People are definitely going to talk about you. Because you're expected to win at this point, right? You're saying, yep. hey, look, our chips are on the table. This is a championship team, and we're willing to put the money behind that. That's, that's what investing in your team is, right? So teams like the Dodgers, who say every year, look, this team has to win the championship this year. We're going to do everything this year to win this championship. We see that year after year. And guess what? In the last few years, Dodger fans are popping up everywhere. I've seen more Dodger fans in mo- in random ass places than I ever have, right? It's very similar to what New York was in the early 2000s, where it was, you had so much money invested in those teams that every year you're saying, look, this is a championship or bust. We expect to win the championship this year. And how are we proving that? Look at the money we're putting behind our team. The Mets have never really had that. The Mets have had some great homegrown guys, David Wright, Jose Reyes, those were guys that were, hey, we brought them up. You know, now we're going to play them. They're, they're the cornerstones of our team. We're going to spend some money, right? We'll pay Carlos Delgado. We'll underpay aging Pedro and Tom Glavin, right? And, you know, that should be enough for, be us, for us to be in the mix. That's typically how the Mets have operated. Now it's, look, we don't have the guys we know we don't have the guys. Well, guess what? We're going to go get those guys. And we are going to bet that our department and who we scout and who we pay are going to be better than the guys on your team. That is amazing to see. You know, so, like, even, even right now, like, the, the San Francisco Giants, right? They, they were a good team the last couple of years. I don't think they're an all-in team. I don't think they're a team that's saying, oh, hey, you know, we're going to – we have to win the World Series this year. We have all the chips on us. I think that's a team, like – Hey, look, we're gonna try to outsmart you. If we win it, we win it. If we don't, we don't. Kind of like the Rays. But that's but that's a key, but see, but that's a key difference. That but that's a key, key difference because I think 
you brought up a team like the Giants, and I think I think we both agree a team like Tampa Bay is in that same conversation. Yeah. Where Tampa Bay and San Francisco, you could still see it getting done. Like if like mm-hmm. if San Francisco pulled off a title win, it wouldn't surprise you because you know how their analytics work and how their executives work. Where the Mets don't have that luxury yet, right? Like they have the finances now where they might be like, here, take all this money and go out and invest in the best uh, analytics people. But at this moment in time, it's 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 a very much early 2000s Yankee-esque, this is the best guy, yeah, yeah. pay him, we need him, right? Like, right. And, 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 um, and that's what you have to depend on now. So, And because that's what you depend on now, you need every single superstar that you pay to play like the, like the superstar that yeah. they are. No, I, I, absolutely. Absolutely. That's, that, that's the, you know, that's one of the things when you start paying people is that you better hope they're performing for what you pay them for. Because we've seen, we've seen it yeah. often, I feel like, right? Where you pay a guy and all of a sudden, Jacoby Ellsbury, right? You pay a guy and all of a oh. sudden he's nowhere Ooh. to be found. <laughs> bro, don't turn, don't, turn, don't turn this into a Yankee <laughs> Depression episode, bro, because <laughs> it's craziness. <laughs> you know, talking about Yankee Depression, though, I do want to touch on something that happened at Yankee Stadium. Basically, it was last week, last week, where Yankee fans were, um, I'm going to say Yankee fans. I'll say about 10 people were absolute assholes to the Cleveland Guardian, you know, outfielders, right? So if you guys don't remember, if you guys hadn't seen it, basically there was a play where Stephen Kwan, you know, uh, the, the best hitter in the world for a part of the season, you know, goes to make a play in the outfield, gets hurt, so he's down, trainers come out, you know, Yankee fan, those 10 Yankee fans um, were out there screaming things. And let's be honest, it was one guy. It was one guy. He was out there screaming whatever I mean, at Quan. Is it um, ever? Is it ever usually more than one person? Right? So no, it's like that at every single. All, all it takes is one asshole. <laughs> one asshole can ruin a fan base. But anyway, like so, what happens? You know, they get into it. Mouse Straw climbs up the the thing up up the you know up the fence. He says, "Hit me or do something." Like you know, stupid shit by by, yeah. by Straw that no one's mentioned just because all the Yankee hate. But Straw was definitely not right in that situation either. But you know. Man, it, all I want all I want to say is look, you cannot call an entire fan base trash for the actions of some individuals. If you go to every if you go to every like, I don't know, every stadium throughout history, you're going to have at least one moment like this. Unless you're the Rays because you don't have fans. But every other team will find some kind of event where their fans acted like this or something like this. Cuz you know what? It's not a base, it's a few people. So, so Rob, who got who got to hit, man? Because because right now it's, it's they're they're throwing mud on our name, dude. It's 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 honestly it's 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 just a little bit of a of a joke. Like I, it's like I tell you every time. It does not matter whether it's against my team or not. Anytime I hear someone say the the statement, you know, this is the worst fan base in sports yeah. or anything like that, <laughs> it's such a goofy, silly statement. Because I'm like you, I'm like you know that that's false, man. Like you know that that's false. Like come on, Yankee fans. Like you, you know that that's false, and it, it it just turns into a thing where it's just like, oh my god, man, dude, it's it's, I almost don't even know how to put it into words sometimes because it, it's so silly. It, it it's and and for him, it's like, dude, no one was really like, at least from what I saw in the videos, right? Like no one was really pushing Mouse Straw like that. Like yeah, they were chanting stuff at him, but it's not like it's not like you were hearing the fans be like. You climb the wall and uh, climb the wall miles and come up here and punch me right <laughs> then he then he climbs the wall 
and and tell and tells the fans to punch him, right? Yeah. So then my question was, what hap- What happens if a fan does punch him? Oh, uh, oh, I like what you. happens? That's like assault. that's assault. That's a criminal charge. That's a criminal charge. Right. So then I'm, but then, but then it's like it it, it turns into a fifty fifty, man. Like I I heard a lot of people talking about it, and a lot of people were like, you know, it, it's good on Miles Straw to stand up for himself for yeah. being antagonized. But I'm like, but I'm like, okay. Let's put it let let me put it this way. If that is your opinion, right? Let's say that is your opinion that you're proud of Miles Straw for standing up for it's himself, a, right? I'm, a, like, like, I'm not diplomatic. That's a stupid opinion to have, but anyway. Okay. Okay, but let's say that is your opinion, yeah. right? I don't think you can have that opinion without also accepting that what he did was dumb in <laughs> climbing the wall and telling a fan to repeatedly to punch him in the face. <laughs> and a, a fan who probably was intoxicated by the way right like that, that's what yeah, makes yeah. it even worse like it's yeah. just like and it's it's like in whatever opinion you want to have like miles straw was also in the wrong for just going up there and and again it's it's things that have been addressed like look no one should ever cheer someone getting hurt that's or not. injured or anything yeah. like that that's in the wrong the beer cans that were thrown at oscar Mercap, mercado in the wrong, in the wrong. wrong. stupidity yeah. gross you should don't go to a baseball you life. go to a baseball Dude, you can go to a baseball game, because granted, I've been to some. You can go to a baseball game and get a little drunk and still have a great time and not have to be an asshole. Yeah. Like, like it, it, a lot of people are able to do it. A lot of people are able to do it Monday through Sunday, every every baseball season. So we always get these stories of, like, these singular, you know, people. We see it, whether it's Yankee Stadium, Dodgers, Dodger, uh, Padres, Angels, whoever it is, right? Like, we see it in a bunch of parks. Those fan bases, like, I'm not going to sit here and condemn those fan bases yeah. every time it's, like, five people fighting. <laughs> like, like, it's like, it's like, I'm so, like, it's like if someone, it's like if someone's like, oh, like, you know, the Dodgers are the worst fan base or whatever. Yo, that doesn't mean that me as a baseball fan, I would still rather be watching a Dodgers game and in that environment, yeah. right, than watching... <laughs> right or 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 being in Miami or something like that right yeah. like I want to be in an actual baseball environment like so again that's that's the thing not not nothing against Cleveland but like uh, let's be in an actual baseball environment like it's it's like some some of these fan bases like and that's the only reason why I think the statement is silly because it's, it's all based on emotion right like it, whenever yeah. you feel emotional whenever you feel emotional that's when you're like oh <laughs> they're the worst fan base in the planet like it's like it's like whenever you're at that point it's when those statements come out because because I'm pretty sure look I'm pretty sure if uh if 2022 comes around not saying that it's going to happen or whatever right but if 2022 comes around and we see a little mile straw designated for assignment right <laughs> yeah. and then the Yankees came around and needed an outfielder I'm pretty sure all of a sudden the fan base would be pretty chill you feel me? All of a sudden, the fan yeah. base wouldn't be the worst fan base ever, right? Like, yeah. like, if, like if you needed to get signed, right? So if that's what I'm saying. It's just like sometimes you need to take a step back and just don't be so emotional. Like, I get it in the moment you, you're heated and stuff, and I'm not saying that you're completely wrong for the reasons that you were heated, right? Because again, Miles Straw no, is right like, for being yeah. mad about the Steve Squan thing and 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 the and the things being thrown. That stuff absolutely <laughs> does not mean that going up and climbing the wall still wasn't stupid. But yeah, like, like I'll say this. The, the, the... The can throwing happened after Mouse Straw went fucking Spider Man. Yeah. Right. Like. Right. So so there was kind of a reaction to that. Like, if you're if you're if you're a fan, 
I want you to go to the game and I want I want you to make the other team feel terrorized. I want them to feel absolutely horrible for, to be there. But you still need to respect them as human beings, right? That means absolutely. That, that means if if someone gets hurt, it's time to chill. Be like, oh, okay, let's be human beings here. This person is going through something. Let's chill, right? It right. also means respect people's space. Don't throw things at athletes. Right? Don't do something that you wouldn't right. want to happen to your your own child if he's on the team, if, he, if he's on the field. Yep. Right? Don't don't punch him. Don't reach out to him. Don't throw things at him. Right? Like, don't like you know. Don't talk about mamas. Actually, you know, mamas is, is, is kind of okay. Depends <laughs> depends how you talk about the mamas. Don't get too personal. <laughs> don't Google this man's mama and tell and talk about her like glaucoma. Right? Like like that's that's oh, that's yeah, a step no, too far. Don't do that. <laughs> but you know, same, same thing. Look, if you're a player, you got to know. You, you have a target on your back. You're one of 2% of the best people who do what you do on the planet. And even Miles Straw is in the top 1% of, like, of, of people who ever held a baseball yeah. bat. Right? So exactly. you have to know that with that comes some envy. Right? It, it comes sometimes people are going to be stupid around you because they feel that just because yeah. maybe you're not one of the best in the, in the profession, you're still one of the best in the absolute universe, in the history of the universe. Right? Most and, of the people yelling at him can't do what he does. Oh my God! Most of the people that <laughs> I, dude, most of the people <laughs> yelling at him believe believe that he can do what he does. You exactly. Know, like we, we've seen it yeah. so much, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. So you know, you know, if, if you're an athlete, I, I get it. You know, it's hard. It's hard, man. Like you're a human being too. I, I completely get that. But you also can't do stupid shit like that because you know yeah. that's that's the easiest way to to you know look like a donkey, bro. Like. Like Miles, I love you. I actually I don't love you. I don't really even know you, but you know, you look stupid. You you look stupid. This this might go down as the most memorable like moment of your career. Like understand that that this is might be what in like Guardian fans remember you for instead of any actual meaningful thing that you've done with you know equipment in your hands. So just just chill, bro. Right, just chill. Like. Play your game. I think you're like the third highest paid like Cleveland Guardian right now, which is crazy. But yeah, oh man, that team's a mess. <laughs> yeah, that team's oh. Nah, look, <laughs> look, bro, look. Like, because I, I want to get your opinion on this since we were since we were just talking about uh, incidents, just to stick on the just to touch really quickly on the same team here. So, eight game win streak. How you feeling? I'm feeling like that's exactly game. what you're supposed to do against terrible teams. <laughs> Thank you, yo, bro, bro. <laughs> I cannot, I cannot tell you how many, how many tweets and takes I've seen of like, we look, we see it every early season, whenever any team goes on a run and people immediately want to take the conversation to, yeah, but look at the teams that they're beating on. I'm like, look, not for nothing, Daniel, (laughs) you let me know this. The Yankees do not always beat the teams (laughs) that they have to beat. They do not do this every single year. So the fact that they could sweep, uh, I don't even, what, what is it? What was it? They, they, uh, they, they Cleveland, swept, yeah, Cleveland, Cleveland and Baltimore, and now they might sweep no, Kansas Baltimore. City. It was what? It was wasn't it Baltimore? It, no, it was Baltimore at home. You're right, you're right. It was Baltimore at home. Yeah, it was Cle- Cleveland, Baltimore, and now Kansas City. Look, those are games you have to win, man. Yeah, those are games. Those not for nothing. It's not. It's not hating on other teams. We're literally just talking about it from like a basic. We, we, we imagine a basic. We mentioned the investment that they've made. Into that team. Yes. When you invest yes. that much money into your team, you're expected to win those games against yes. teams that have. It's just based off of power rankings. Yeah. Power rankings. Like, like it's it it it's it. 
think about how, how Las Vegas has the odds, right? Not mm-hmm. saying that they always get it right, but there are teams that are favorites for a reason. When you're a favorite, you're expected to beat a lot of other teams. And That's usually it. the Yankees don't do that. Right. The Yankees do not do that. And look, they, they're on an eight-game win streak. Yo, Toronto is right there on them. Yeah. They're only a game and a half back. Like, and we know, we know how big of a favorite Toronto is to, to, to take the division this year. So these are these are the games that you have to be winning because guess what? When you're if if we see if we see KC right now, we're going to Toronto. Yeah, right? yeah. So like if 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 you did all of this right, if you did all of this and you go get swept by Toronto, you just lost the division lead. Exactly. Like all, you exactly. know all of that for yeah. nothing, right? So these are key games that a lot of people just brush off as oh you should be beating those teams. Exactly. Yeah. That's the point. That's the point. So, so when you do beat those teams, like, be glad that you actually were able to do what your team is supposed to do. Man, I, I, absolutely, absolutely. Look, you mentioned you mentioned that you know what, what's a team struggling to beat those teams because they just lost a couple of games to them. Red Sox, Red Sox lost the Orioles. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah. I, I don't care where we're at. Red Sox are, have to beat the Orioles. It's not a supposed to be. It's not a should be. It's a they have yeah. to beat the Orioles to be anywhere close to the playoffs in this division. Right, because Rays, Rays yeah. are right there still, right? Like, I'm not going to sit here and Rays fell off just because it's April, like, whatever, or May 1st, right? Like, I, I, always, I always say this too, right? Like, for me, I've been saying it since last year. You can't properly analyze a team till about the middle of June just because by that time, they've played people in the division. They've played both yeah. good teams and bad teams. You've seen their rotation a couple times around. You've seen what's in the bullpen, right? Like, right now, a lot of people are making a lot about the Yankees rotation and their, and their bullpen ERA. That's great. That's that's awesome. I, I, yeah. I, you know, they're doing what we want them to do, but we can't sit right. here and say, "Oh, that's it. They're dominating the rest of the season based on these twenty games or so." Right? Yeah. Arms get tired. Depth matters. Nestor Cortez isn't going to be a Cy Young face. You, you, you show like, your face. You feel, you feel me? You show like, your face. Not, not like you're right, right, you're, right, you're, right. you're absolutely right. <laughs> you know, like it, it, it's certain things that you have to take with with it with a grain of salt. Like, and a lot, and if you realize that, like a lot of things that are happening don't really change my opinion on things yeah like for example right you asked me right you asked me when the season started you asked me what the, when the season started i i want this to be a Roldis chapman's last year in new york i still so want this to yeah. be a Roldis chapman's last year in new york right yeah. like and a Roldis chapman is 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 throwing solid he up. hasn't given up a run this year yeah like so it, it you know it but it's that thing where it's just like i'm just looking at the future of the team there are there are things for me that still have to continue to fall into place for us to be able to actually move forward and me to look at this team year in and year out and say, we really are competing for a title. Because not for nothing, the last couple of years, it hasn't really felt like we've been competing for a title. It's it's felt like we're competing to reach the postseason, you know, <laughs> yeah, and at yeah. least and at least be able to say that we reached the postseason when it's like, man, that's not what we should be fighting for every right. year. Man, look, and then you mentioned you mentioned Toronto. Look, Toronto's got a beast. Their best pitcher, I don't care. I'll say it right now, Alec Manoa. Bro, it's Alec Manoa. Al, bro, Alec Manoa. Bro, I will take. I will take Alec Manoa. Oh man, I will. I will take Alec Manoa. Even and you know how much I love Nate Pearson because I've talked about Nate Pearson on on this podcast a lot, bro. I, but but Alec Manoa was another one. I, I'm so mad that I, that I don't have the post. But I remember the 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 year that Alec Manoa got drafted. I had him in like my in like my five players to like watch out for. Because I think he, I think if I remember correctly, Manoa was, I think he was 11th overall or something like that when Toronto took him. And I was like, yo, these are five players that you got. And, and Alec Manoa was in those five. Dude, he's a beast, man. He's, he's going to be such a beast he, for Toronto. It's, it, 
Give him the money, bro. Get yo, whatever <laughs> money you gave Gossman and, and Barrios or whatever. Man, sign sign up Alec Manoa for that right now, too. Like, Yo, you might he, as well. He's the best, in my opinion, right? He's the best young pitcher we have in MLB right now. I take him I take him pretty much over, you know, if I'm starting a franchise, right, and you're like, hey, pick an arm, it's probably Alec Manoa right now for me. It, it's hard for, you know. I think he, I think he look, I'm going to let him finish this year um, just because I don't want to put him again, uh, over some other guys. Like, for example, like, I would still take Walker View. Right? Like, overall or something like that. Mm-hmm. If, if we were talking about, like, super young pitchers or something or, or like that. But. Um, he's going to put himself in that conversation. Yeah. Like it's, it's not like he's not, he's, he's going to be in that conversation. Like if, whether you always have to look at that next tier, like whether we want to realize it or not, a lot of our guys, even, even if you want to say that they're still pitching at a good level, right? Like a Justin Verlander or something like that. A Justin Verlander is still an arm that is on its way out. Right. Yeah, like a cool. Garrett Cole, a Garrett Cole is now starting to kind of turn right into that heading out stage. Right. Not saying that he's bad or anything. But you know, in six, seven, eight years, like Garrett Cole is probably he's where not, Alex Manoa still has a long up. career. He's not on the come up, yeah. right? Like, so a lot of guy, a lot of guys like that are the guys that are positioning themselves to kind of take over that, right? You look at you look at an Alec Manoa, um, you look at a guys who are who are still kind of bored. But look, I'll, I'll give you another one right here because it, it's a name that I had written down, and I and I think you have to include him right there. I don't think he's at Manoa's level yet, but I think he is going to be as important to his team's success. And that's Logan Gilbert. Gilbert. (laughs) Bruh, Logan Gilbert, bruh. Logan Gilbert, I've been saying it. If he does not, if he does not flourish for Seattle, and he's been doing it, but he to me is Seattle's most important, even more important than Robbie Ray, man. Because because he is your long-term piece. He is your long-term piece. He is the guy that you can lock down for a long period of time. And if he develops into an ace, then it's something you don't have to worry about long term. And we already know, man, year in and year out, it's 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 similar to to the Angels. The problem with Seattle is is never really their their lineup. Like, sure, they they might not have a superstar or anything like that, but their lineups always figure out a way to put runs together. Yeah. It always turned into pitching. You said it on an episode on an episode before. When you have a Marco Gonzalez, right? And they've been depending on a Marco Gonzalez for a lot of years, yeah. yeah. You can only go so far. Like, so again, when you, uh, I, they made the investment to give money to Robbie Ray, that's fantastic, but you need your young guys to click the same way that the same way that we just talked about the Marlins. Don't get me wrong. The Marlins don't need all those guys to click, right? The Marlins might have four or five young guys, but if two of those guys click, Man, yeah, that's yeah. huge. That's huge. That's huge. For Seattle, unfortunately, you don't have that many arms to pick from. And because you don't have that many to pick from the ones that you do. Like Logan Gilbert, you need them to hit even even more than some other teams. So for Seattle, I'm just glad that that he's actually out there being able to show that he could be a reliable long term piece for them. That's yeah, that's pretty much where I'm him. I, I feel like we've seen a little bit more Manoa. That's why I'm, I'm, I'm more Manoa side right now. Uh, on yeah, stuff. for sure. But I'll, look, I'll say this: if you're Logan Gilbert, you're in the right division. I mean, you're facing Oakland. Yeah, he's in Oakland a lot, right? Like. You're gonna pitch a lot of games against them. And yeah, like like Angels are a tough one, right? Astros are a tough one, but for the most part, like you're 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 gonna be all right. You're, look, with with Seattle, the one thing that worries me right now though is Ro- Robbie Ray is a little bit worrying to me. They paid him a lot of money, and one of the big things with Robbie Ray right now is that his his velo's down. Robbie Ray at last year's velo compared to Robbie Ray compared in, in like his Diamondback days, two different pitchers. 
If you yeah. if you're telling me I'm gonna get Diamondbacks Robbie Ray for that contract, I'm not gonna be happy. I'm I'm just not. That's not an ace. That's not even close to an ace. Yeah. They 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 I, paid for last year's Robbie Ray, and they're not getting that absolutely Ray. absolutely. And and dude, I'm sitting here. I had Robbie Ray ranked. I forget what I had him ranked, but I had him outside of my top ten. I had him. In the I top don't. 10. I don't yeah. see Robbie Ray. I don't see Robbie Ray as a top ten pitcher. Like and again, I was just going off a sample. Yeah, you're talking about you're talking about. I forget how many years he's been in the league, but if I remember correctly, you're talking about five bad years to one average one and one elite one. Mm. If I'm gonna take that bet, I have to bet on the five bad years for a long term, right? Like again, not saying that he couldn't come out this year and win a Cy Young again, yeah. but he's shown me five out of seven years have been not good. So I have to go with that, and I think I think for Seattle, like yes, they're 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 hoping, dude. Seattle, look, they paid for last year Robbie Ray. Realistically, you don't need last year Robbie Ray, right? Like, you just need him to be, like, 75% of that Robbie Ray. You can't have him be Arizona Robbie Ray. I think that's what this comes down to. You can't have him be Arizona Robbie Ray. You need him, you need him to be a, a guy who is a borderline all-star, right? Like, you need him to be that at the minimum for the money that you're paying. Yo, talking about all-stars, though, yo, guess who's back? That Batman's back. Who's that? Who's that? The Batman. You know who the Batman is? The Batman. The Batman. Nah, no, no, not Batman. The Batman with a B. The bad. Who's the Batman? You know who the Batman is. Don't, don't, don't lie to me. Don't, don't, act, don't, don't look at me act like you know who the Batman is. <laughs> Bro, I'm, I'm blanking right it's now. It's Ronald Acuna Jr. Bapo. Like, he's oh, bad. Oh, 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 okay, 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 <laughs> okay, man. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. There. It's my, 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 my brain to be, be flooded with too many superstars. You know, I, it's not easy to just single one out. Like. Yep. Yeah, no, absolutely. Ronald Acuna's back, man. It's 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 great for the game. I, I'm I'm so excited, man. He, you know, when he went down last year, it sucked because I thought he was really in the middle of his MVP season. You know, he, you know, at that point, Soda was struggling, right? No, no one in the NL was really taking over like that. He kind of just was the guy that was, oh, hey, I'm just gonna take over the game right now. But he's back, man. I'm 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 really excited. Like that that uh, what's called that Braves team just got way better. And didn't have to do anything. Yeah, didn't have to do anything. They just sat no. there and waited. It's nuts, no. man. I can't. I can't wait. Yeah, no, he's a, dude. We talked about it. We talked about it a lot. I mean, it's an, it's an elite talent. Uh, I think, um, even though uh, I I will I will forever be Team Juan Soto. But again, that just because I'm Team Juan Soto, like that's what I want people to understand. Every time we have a similar conversation like this, right? I'm not crazy, Daniel. I'm not crazy. Like I don't don't don't. If don't disrespect Okunia Jr., you know, compared to some other players, because I will drag you. You feel me? Like, it's like that type of thing. Don't get crazy either. Like, don't don't tell me that Ronald Okunia Jr. is the 20th best player. Don't get crazy. Oh, my God. <laughs> you feel me? Like, he's, not, he's not anywhere in five. In any, in, any, in any list, any conversation, yeah, like, yeah, you know, like, that, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's what I'm saying. And, and that's what I told people, too, is like, look, I love Aaron Judge. I'm still taking Ronald Okunia Jr. over oh, Aaron Judge, that, just as a complete yeah, player package, right? Like, yeah. it's... It it, it just it is what it is. Yeah, it is what it is. You have to be objective. I, I think look, for the Braves, it's fantastic. I think people are gonna hold on to that thing of like, oh, the Braves showed that they could win a title last year and they didn't even have Acuna Jr. But like long term, you need Acuna Jr. Man. Like, like, like let's be real here. Don't fool yourself. Um, because just as easily as you won that title, you could go you could go this year and be third in the division if you didn't have Acuna Jr. You feel me? Because yeah. the division is getting better. Everyone around Atlanta is getting better. And, and and that's the thing I, I wanted to point out too. Um, 
when we were having the, Yan the Yankee conversation, right, and we were talking about beating the teams that you should be beating, right, if you actually think about it and you look at all the divisions, you might be able to say that the NL East is probably the only division right now that doesn't really have a team that should be bullied on. You feel me? Like the Marlins might, the Marlins or the Nationals should be the worst team in that division. Yeah. And because the Marlins have the pitching that they do, and because the Nationals have the superstar that Juan Soto is, those teams don't aren't really in a position to get over bullied like that, right? Like a Baltimore Orioles, like a Pittsburgh Pirates, yeah. like a Oakland A's, right? Who are like who you know are clearly the bottom are going to be at the bottom of those divisions. Um, it, it, it's 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 definitely a, a great thing to see, man. Yeah. It Yo, Ronald Cunha Jr., right, man? Like, I don't know if you ever play, obviously you play MLB The Show. Whenever you do, like, yeah. a fantasy draft on MLB The Show, it's always the juniors and then Soto. As yeah. far as, like, who goes yeah. first, right? So you got the T's junior, you got Vlad Jr., Acuna Jr., and then... And then all, all it should be. All it should be, man. All it should be. And and it's great, man. It's It's honestly great because we've said it before, but the league is so loaded. It's just, it is the loaded. league, I think, oh is so God. beautifully loaded, man. Because even then, it's like, oh, you don't want to talk about the juniors or Soto? Man, okay, look, you want so to talk here, about Trout? Here's the crazy part. Here's the crazy part. Every, I would say every MLB team, every MLB team has one high-level marketable player right now, which is something that we you can't always say. But even even the bad teams have one person that yeah. you're like, you can, build, you can build around this guy, even just far as, like, press, right? Like... Dude, Kansas City, Bobby Wood Jr., right? Salvador oh. Perez, two dudes yeah. that you can absolutely build a fan base around, right? You go to Minnesota, Carlos Correa, Byron Buxton. Those are two dudes that you can say, hey, this is our team, even though Carlos Correa is probably gone sometimes. But let me, yo, let me, let, let, let me stop you right there because this, this honestly flows perfectly into another question that I wanted to ask you, right? So you say that a lot of teams have like at least one guy, right, that you could build around. And I agree with the team that I'm going to present to you, but I just think that they're doing such a shit job at it, right? And it's the Cincinnati Reds. Oh, my God. The Cincinnati oh, Reds, bro. The Cincinnati Reds, just for people who haven't really been paying attention this year, the Cincinnati Reds are currently sitting at three wins, right? Three wins. No other team in the MLB right now has less than seven. No they're other team. They're averaging a And we're talking about Baltimore. Yeah, Bro, we're talking about Baltimore's, your Arizona's, your Pittsburgh's, your Oakland. No other team has less than seven, bro. Mm -hmm. and, John, and, and we all know Jonathan India is one of those marketable guys, right? Like you have a guy like Joey Votto who's a marketable veteran, who's yeah. a former MVP. You still have some of these solid uh, – uh, look, a guy green. who we've talked about a lot, Luis Castillo. Luis Castillo, Luis Castillo too, yeah. too. A guy who we've talked about a lot who if, if only – you know, if his, if his numbers were to kind of match up with where everybody sees his arm talent, like he'd be another guy, but dude, it I don't know, man. I don't honestly can't explain to myself why they're failing so bad. That that it's a great question. I wish I knew why. I honestly because I don't I, <laughs> no. I look at their team. I look at their team and it's definitely imperfect. Right? Yeah. You no, look at the end sure. of last year, a lot of it was carried towards that second half where guys were having amazing years. Joey Votto had a comeback year last year that nobody's talking about. He had yeah. an MVP number type level season. That nobody talked about last year, but those numbers are amazing. He's struggling this year. He's struggling this year yeah. off the bat, right? Jonathan India, rookie of the year consideration, right? Like his numbers were insane. He had one of the better rookie seasons we've had in recent history. He just doesn't get really talked about, but he he had a great season. 
right? Asiai Castellanos out there for, for, for a little bit. Um, you know, th- this team's fallen off the world, though. This is a team that we were talking about. Hey, Francisco Lindor, possible destination here. Because this team's on the come up, right? Sonny Gray was still there. Trevor Bauer was, was still there. And all of a sudden, it was kind of just like, let's just sell off everybody, right? Um, you know, your third baseman, I'm, I'm blanking on his name right now, but he ends up in with the Mariners. Uh, oh, uh, El- Suarez. Eugenio Suarez. Yeah. 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 He, you know. No, dude, it was, it was, it's honestly, dude, we're, I think we're about three years removed from us predicting them to be a 90 plus win team. Like, and that's yeah. crazy. That's yeah. crazy. That's, that's the, the, they're, they're selling. Like, I get it. Look, I, I get it in baseball. Like, I'm not going to, like you said, they're imperfect. I'm not going to sit here and say that all the players that they have on their team fit perfectly. Sure. Some of those guys you can definitely uh, do better without, but guys, I think they've also just been unlucky. Like they haven't had guys work out for them yeah. the way that they want. Like, exactly. like yeah. a Nick Senso, right? Yeah. Nick, Nick Senso is probably a prospect that you would, that you would want to work out better. They had given money to, uh, Shogo uh, Akiyama from Japan was, uh, didn't work out as an outfielder. Yeah, like it, it, it's like the, these certain things just, <clears throat> you know, they had the year that they had with like Sonny Gray. But we all know that like after Oakland, like when Sonny went to when Sonny went to uh, 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 the Yankees and then made his his way to Cincinnati and stuff. And now I think he's with Minnesota. Yeah, um, I don't I just don't. Sonny Gray to me is a good pitcher, but he's not a consistent pitcher. Like, I don't view Sonny Gray as a lockdown. You feel me? Throw Sonny Gray in the rotation, and he's going to give you these numbers every year. Like, I think Sonny Gray could be a little bit up and down. Um, I think he's still a good pitcher. But, again, I think Cincinnati just found itself in in kind of like that, uh, I want to say, like, maybe middle of the pack, right? Like, they never really got anyone to develop into someone that you saw as a superstar. Yes, you had a Joey Votto. and. 2012, like, right, like, like, since Joey Votto's MVP, right, like, Jonathan India could be that in the future, but again, he's in year two, (laughs) like, so, and so, and we don't even know if Jonathan India is going to stick around long term, right, because you're probably talking about Jonathan India being there four or five more seasons, and then, and he's an older player, Cincinnati's not doing nothing, he's a college guy, he's out, he's already, like, 26, like, he's not, like, a young, he's not, like, a young dude, yeah, so, yeah, and you already know those dudes, the first chance that they get, it, it's not a conversation about, oh, hometown discount or anything like that. It's, I am up for I, my first big contract. I'm paid. signing. Yeah, yeah no, that's it. You know, not, not that I don't want to talk about the Reds, but I think someone that we should talk about, not only because we get pestered on the page every day about it, but because he's having a pretty good season, is Seiya Suzuki. Um, oh, yeah. The Cub. Man, like, he is I, – I, this is weird, but I love watching him play. He does everything. He does absolutely everything. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah this is going to sound crazy, but it kind of looks like a – like Mike Trout Jr. out there, his body, like, dude, Mike Trout, Mike Trout's his favorite player. Yeah, no, and it makes sense. You Mike. see his, you see his swing tailored after Mike Trout. You see his playing yeah. style tailored after Mike Trout. And this dude's just a baller, right? Where it's not, it's not. Um, one of the things that we see with a lot of the Japanese players is that they're good at one thing and they capitalize that. Unless you're Otani, Otani's not a human being. We've, we've mentioned that. But <laughs> most, most of these like guys coming from from Japan, you're good at one thing. And and you kind of just do that, right? Matsui was all about pop, right? You, we've seen some other guys where it's like, hey, let's get the ball in the air. It's going to go. And that's how I, I put my numbers out in, in, in Japan. But Suzuki really does everything. Makes great contact. He can hit, yeah. can hit for power, can run, has a glove. Like, I, I love this dude. I kind of I wish uh, Yankees might have taken a stab at him. But, you know, huh. he, 
No, nah, we have Hicks, man. We're good. But nah, either way, either way, though, man. Oh, listen. No, you, no, man. No, man. Yo, Don't get me started with that, please. The Chicago Cubs are low-key. I'm not going to say good this year. They're, they're not good. But there's some pieces there. there. There's some pieces there for Chicago. Nah, man. Look, Chicago, I'll tell you this about Chicago. Chicago's in a perfect spot. And I think I think the reason they're in a perfect spot is because they signed Seiya Suzuki to a five-year deal, right? And look, they signed Seiya Suzuki to a five-year, eighty-five million dollars deal. I don't I don't want to say that eighty-five million dollars is nothing, but it's it's, it's a gamble that a, it's a yeah it's a gamble that that a franchise like the Cubs like like it could be something to like the Pirates, right? But it's a gamble that for a franchise like the Cubs doesn't matter, right? Like if Seiya Suzuki doesn't work out, he doesn't work out, but. I was on this podcast saying I think Seiya Suzuki was going to be a good MLB player because I watched some highlights of him in Japan. I'm not going to sit here and act like I watch every game, but you yeah, know me. Yeah. I d- during the off season, during the off season, I actually do go and I look up Japanese players and I study like you know who are the the up and coming guys that are that some teams are going to post and I start to look at their stats and how they perform in the last five or six years and things like that. Seiya Suzuki, I think, has a tremendous ability to kind of stand out. Because I think, look, you look at, I'm going to name four guys who to me are just four premier guys in terms of like hitting Japanese players in MLB, right? Ichiro, Hideki Matsui, Shohei Otani, and Seiya Suzuki. Seiya Suzuki to me has the ability to kind of stand out in his own way because he might be the best all around hitter out of all of those. Like in terms of just a hitter, right? Like Ichiro has the contact strength. No, no other guy is going to be a better contact hitter than Ichiro. Yeah. Ichiro has that, right? Matsui came over to the U.S. and he was, he was a force in Japan. But because of the team that he came on, he came and joined a loaded Yankee squad. Matsui kind of got lost in the shuffle, right? Like, oh, if we're being real, yeah. Matsui had some MVP level seasons that just ended up being like your number 20th in MVP because there's just that, be- that much better talent in the league than you, right? Like, that's just what ended up happening with Matsui. Otani is a type of player that we've already seen. He's not the best hitter. Like if we're just talking about flat out just standard hitting, right? He's not the best hitter. He's going to put up home runs, which are going to increase his slugging and OPS numbers, but he's not the best hitter. And a lot of his value is also going to be built through his pitching. Seiya Suzuki honestly has a solid case to be the best, the, the, a potential best all-around hitter to come out of Japan. And I think early on here, he's been showing that. Look, it's super early. I'm not trying to make long-term predictions or anything like that. But I just think that Seiya Suzuki does have MVP potential. I think if we're sitting here next season, three, th- two, three seasons from now, and saying, oh, Seiya Suzuki finished top five in MVP voting, we're not going to be surprised. And, and that plays into why I say that Chicago's in a perfect position. Because if we remember, Chicago tore everything down, right? They traded away all their key pieces outside of a, of a Wilson Contreras or something like that. If you get a Seiya Suzuki to develop into an all-star, an MVP caliber player, guess what? That's a franchise player. That's a that's a guy that people are going to want to come to a lovable market like Chicago and want to come play with. You feel me? In the same way that someone's going to want to go to the Angels and play with, with Otani, right? Like, yeah. let, let's say Trout wasn't there. People would love to go to LA and play with Otani, right? Like, it, 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 it turned into that type of thing where, where you have players who are who are that level of humble, that level of, that level of talented, and are putting up their numbers, and and are and are showing that they're great for the game, it leads to other superstars wanting to go there. So I think for the Cubs, their plan of of kind of tearing it down and investing into the investments that that they did make 
is kind of working out for them. And I, I, I think I think Suzuki, wh- whether he's the star there or not, I, it wouldn't surprise me for us to be here a couple years down the line and talking about Seiya Suzuki as as one of the three key players of the Chicago Cubs. I think that's honestly I'd put him there right now, just because. That, yeah, no, no, no. That Cubs team's kind of depleted. I, look, yeah. We'll, Contreras, I don't know if they're going to move him or not, right? He's kind of been on a, on a, on a minor decline the last few years where his value's, his value's been slipping. Right, right? you, you want to see more from him. Like, I, I don't think I'd, I'd take him off of, like, the top 10 catchers. I don't think he's close to that just because the catcher position is kind of so, you know, non-existent for, for, for most of the part, right? Like, Wilson Contreras is still someone that you, you want back there. But he, you know, he—I wouldn't say he's an automatic top five catcher right now, right? I think you'd have to think about it, and that loses value oh, yeah. in, in the trade market, right? Like who else is on that offense? I, I, I'm trying to think about it. Like Nico Horner—is that—is that who we're gonna be? Um, yeah, Nico. I mean, I mean, <laughs> Nico. But but see, but that—that's the problem with Chicago. Like I, and that, and it goes back to me saying that they're in a perfect position because when you look at guys like a Nico or um, I'm blanking on the name, but like like a Nick Madrigal. Right, oh, yeah, who, they, yeah. who they acquired from the Chicago Whites and things like that. I think those are players, right? You, you pair a Madrigal and a Nico, second base and shortstop, right? Those are players that fit roles perfectly. You just need to fill the surroundings yeah. around them. That's why if you have a... I, look, Nico Horner or, or Nick Madrigal, I don't think either one of those guys is going to be your superstar. They're not the but guy, no. Can, they're, can they're those guys... Hit, they're high role players, you, high support players. You know who they remind me of? And, and, and you might agree with this because you mentioned this guy a lot. They would fit the Cubs in the same way that like a David Fletcher fits the Angels. Yeah, you feel me? Yeah, Where yeah. it's like you fit your role perfectly. Take the bat, hit two ninety or three hundred. Do what we expect you to do. Yeah. You're not the star, and just put your numbers up, and you're a good player. Like that. That's that's what those guys are. And but again, those are good pieces for Chicago. You don't need those pieces to explode now. Have them explode when you have someone to pair with a Suzuki, mm-hmm. and you know you've made a better. Um, not for nothing, but like, look, when you've made a better long-term investment in your pitching, I don't think a Marcus Stroman and a Kyle Hendricks at this moment in time is what's going to get it done. It's not. You feel it's me? Not. Like, so, yeah. yeah. So when they, when they lock down more pitching and things like that, like, yeah, that's when you want those guys to start to make their bigger contribution. Man, look, st- sticking with Chicago, you know, right now the, the White Sox are a little bit slow out, out the gates. But look, Chicago's, right. I mean, the, the, the White Sox are a perfect example of when I say, I don't care. Not that I don't care, but a lot of stuff that happens from the beginning of the season until about the middle of June, I kind of can't really take seriously. Look, the Twins, do I think the Twins are going to finish first place at, at, the, end of, at the season? Like, absolutely not. I, I don't think the Twins have any real way of, of having staying power, right? White Sox are, I, I think White Sox run away with the division eventually, right? It, it, obviously, it's not now, but... If you if you ask me to bet right now, who would I, who who do I have finishing first in the division? Yeah, White Sox. Still taking Chicago. It's not even close. Yeah. Yo, Luis Robert might be the best player on the planet, or make he's getting closer to that, right? Yeah, like, and I I don't bet on Luis Robert hitting one sixty for the year. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Like I, those are things like like Jose Abreu. I don't think he's gonna struggle, right? Like all, all they'll be fine. They'll be fine. Yeah. You know who also be fine? The league leader in home runs. You know who that is, Rob? You know who that is, Rob? I do know. I do know who that is. Go you ahead. Go ahead is. and name no, 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 him. You, you, you tell me. You tell me. Oh, it's it's the Italian. It's the the Italian first baseman for the New York Yankees, Antonio Antonio Rizzo. Antonio Tony Rizzo. Yo, <laughs> Antonio dude. Tony Rizzo. Yeah. <laughs> nah, man. Look, look. All, all jokes aside, look. I don't. I don't. I don't have 
you know, Anthony Rizzo as a like dark horse MVP candidate, right? Like, I don't think we'd be sitting here in in October saying, "Yo, Anthony Rizzo had a forty five home run season, and he should be the MVP over someone like Vladdy or Mike Trout." I don't think that that's gonna happen. I don't see that conversation happening. But for right now, I mean, it's pretty cool. The, the guys, the guys killing it. Bro, give me, t- bro, give me. Look, <laughs> give me twenty five and eighty. Give me twenty five and eighty. I'm satisfied. Give me twenty five and eighty. He's almost halfway. Like there. just, just. <laughs> Just do your role. Like that's all it comes down to, man. Just fulfill your role. You're getting you're, you look, you're on essentially you're on a one year deal at sixteen million. Do your role. You wanna you wanna get paid more money next year? Not necessarily saying that's gonna be with the Yankees, but if you're if you're trying to to audition to get more money next year, then play, right? It, it's something that we talked about with a lot of players. Yankee Stadium benefits Anthony Rizzo. Yeah. We we see how many jokes people make of his home runs online and stuff. Who cares? A home run is a home run. That's like the, yeah. like the, yeah. yeah, that's what the dimensions of the park are. Who cares? Because you again and that goes back to the whole fan base thing stop being silly stop being silly every time a yankee player hits a home run at yankee stadium you want to say oh it's a clown park but when you're when your player on your team hits a home run at yankee stadium oh but that home run counts though right like that counts at, like like if like let's say let's say the ask boston red sox are, Devers about it right <laughs> bruh, bruh, if the boston red sox if the boston red sox are beating us 10 nothing at yankee stadium oh i'm supposed to take all those runs back right cuz yankee stadium a clown park like, when it's benefiting you, it's benefiting you. Like, just because it's not benefiting you, that's when it turns into a joke. Like, shut up. Jeez. <laughs> like, that's, that's, man, I hope. Anthony Rizzo, go out there, get your, get your 65 home runs, and just shut everybody up. Yeah, man. Honestly, like, look, I, I, I don't care about the dimension. I, I, I said this first. When, when people started talking about the – as analytics kind of been creeping up more, people talk more about home away splits and stuff like that. Yeah. My thing is, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. Right, like when when you really comes down to it, like yeah, when it, when you want to evaluate players and compare them to each other, fine, whatever. You want, if you want to use that to discredit or add credit, go for it. But at the end of the day, a run's a run, right? Whether I got it at Mickey Mouse Playland at Yankee Stadium, or whether I got it at like Detroit, it counts for the same, right? I'm not. You don't get yeah. points for distance, which is also why I thought, you know, I always thought the whole like launch angle for guys like Gary Sanchez and. Giancarlo Stanton was stupid because it was like, dude, if you guys hit up, you're, you're single or your double goes over the fence, right? It's not like DJ LeMahieu who he has to like do some push-ups before every at-bat if he's going to try to hit one out. You know what I mean? So, I, I don't know, man. It, it's um, it's, it's a crazy world to be in. Yo, one, last thing I want to touch on, though, is, is the rookies. Right now, it's been a little bit slow for these guys, right? We see, um, you know, Julio hasn't really been who, who we thought he's been. Bobby Wood Jr. kind of struggling too. Uh, we haven't really had any kind of standout rookies, at least on the offensive side of it. Um, mm-hmm. Is there anyone in the last couple of weeks that you're like, okay, this this is something that I didn't think was going to happen. Now I'm looking at it in a different position. Look, man, if I'm going to be honest, I can't single anybody out because I have to look at the rookies um, under the same magnifying glass that I look at the rest of the players. If we're going to sit here and say, you know, uh, this guy who's a perennial all-star is starting off the year struggling because maybe they didn't, he, we didn't have a typical spring training. That goes for the rookies too, man. Absolutely. The, rookie, the, the rookies, rookies might have never experienced a, spring tra- a regular spring training at all. Yeah. And, and they're just like, like for, not for nothing, man, but like it's a little different. Look, both of them have their pressures, right? Julio Rodriguez. He's expected to long-term potentially be the face of the Seattle Mariners. 
right? Yeah. But at this moment in time, today, today, you are not expected to be the star to push the Mariners into playoff contention, right? That's more of a job for a for a I, I, like he's. I'm saying he's an important part of that. Yeah. But that's why you go out and you get a Jesse Winker. That's why you go out and you know you have a Ty France doing what he's doing because you're trying to spread out the responsibility. Ty France is another like kind of person who just came out yeah. of right now. Well, dude, dude wait, I, don't, I don't expect that. I don't expect that to stay the rest of the year, dude. By the way, I don't. I don't. But here's the thing, and 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 I kind of came to this realization a couple days ago, dude. Ty France took Evan White's job, bro. Oh, absolutely. Evan White yeah, is done. Yeah, Evan, yeah. Evan, Evan White is done in Seattle. Like Ty France is the first baseman for the Seattle Mariners. Like, and, and that's what comes with taking advantage of opportunity. Like Ty France has been putting up those numbers. I think Julio is going to be yes. The you're going to have to be the driving force. But I think, like, as in today, they're, they're viewing Julio as you are a piece in this thing that we're building. You can't expect Julio to be number one guy today. Yeah, Whereas, yeah. like, it's a little different because Bobby Witt in KC is viewed as the number one guy, but KC also doesn't have playoff expectations. That's you true. feel me? That's so true. it's a little bit of a, of a – you get what I'm saying? It's two different types of pressure. Like, you're both expected to be a number one guy – but Julio, to a lesser degree at this moment, because Seattle is better prepared for playoff contention, and Casey, to a lesser degree at this moment, because even though Witt is probably their, their face even right now, they're not really expected to beat a Chicago White Sox to make it out of the Central. And Bobby Witt is probably going to have this season, maybe even the next one, right? Maybe even the next two, because Kansas City is, is that team that we've seen where they really have to try to, to show that they're investing in their players. Yeah. Like, again, another situation. If Bobby Witt's going to turn into a superstar, you have to bring in better players around him. I'm sorry, but like Kansas City does not have the, all the prospects to develop into valuable players to put around a Bobby Witt Jr. You have to go out and sign free agents and bring in better players. And, and that's what it's turning into. And, and, and look, for the over, I just want to say one thing, too. The overreaction. We need to stop, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We need to stop, bro. Julio Rodriguez is going to be fine. Julio Rodriguez is going to be fine because... Not for nothing. People don't really focus on value, but like, look, I know that people are like, oh, the strikeouts and all this stuff. Julio Rodriguez right now is also leading the league in stolen bases. You feel me? Like, it's like, it's, it's like different things that like different aspects of their games that like they're slowly going to begin to polish, but just give, give them, give them a little bit of time, man. Cause then, cause then it turns into this situation where we're going to be here next May. And then Julio Rodriguez is going to bat 350 next yeah. April. Right. And then people are going to look real silly. You feel me? Like, it's going to be like, just, just give it a little bit of time. These guys, not saying that they all hit, but there's a reason that they're the top prospects in the game. You feel me? Just give them a little bit of time and see if they hit. And not, and, and, and again, Daniel, we've seen this a lot. Everyone doesn't hit in the same year. Well, yeah, okay? yeah. It takes a while for, for some like, guys, man. Look. Yeah, like you might get a wit now. You might get a Julio two years from now. You might get a, a, a Spencer Torkelson like three years from now. It, de- it depends. Everyone's gonna hit at a different rate. And I'll say this too, man. I think we've been we've been spoiled by the rookie classes the last few years. We've had guys do historic things. I mean, yes. we, we, last Absolutely. like just in, just in the last four years, you had Ronald Jr., you had Aaron Judge, you had Vladdy Jr., right? You had Tatis Jr., right? Like, dude, back when you had back when you had the ESPN cameras tuning in to rookie debuts. You remember like the Bryce Harper debut and like yeah, the Strasburg debut. Yeah, that's what it's that like was what? Good. Like, it's crazy. Man, I miss those days though. Honestly. It, yeah, it should nah, be that I important. Mean, it should it should be that important. But like, man, right right now we're at we're we're in a really good spot, um, especially for was May first. 
Yeah. So far, we haven't had we we've avoided major injury on any of our superstars, right? Um, yeah. Even even with Buxton, who you know. Bro, I'm praying. Yo, he needs to play. Yo, we gonna have to set up. We, you and me, you and me, we gonna have to do a weekly. We gonna have to do like a weekly Zoom call, and we gonna have to set up a prayer circle, bro. Because not for nothing, I think Byron Buxton is like one of those guys on another team that I am praying that he could just stay healthy. Because I'm like, yo, you could really put up a silly season. Like you, like, like, bro, you could really put. You could, yo, Byron Buxton could easily put up like. A 40-40, like comfortably, like comfortably hitting 300 plus, winning a gold glove, being a runaway best fielder in the league. Like, yo, he could do just amazing things. I just, please, we need to bless him with some help. <laughs> yeah, it kind of brings me back. I remember a couple of years ago, before he signed that extension, there was talks about Yankees possibly trading for him. That would have been nice. That would have been nice. Dude, I, 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 again, I take... You tell you tell me you tell me I got to take on Byron Buxton for for dude you could tell me you could tell me I could take on Byron Buxton for two hundred million I'll take the two hundred million gamble I'll take it I'll take it I don't care I don't care man I I'm honestly to the point of not caring like he the dude is special I just really we saw it last year I think it was he played like one forty ish or something last year one forty eight I think or no he missed time last year he missed a whole he, bunch he, time he last played, year. yeah 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 he missed. Uh, my he, bad. Hasn't, I mean, he hasn't played over the last two years. He hasn't played over hundred games in, in his career. That's correct. Between the he's he's played I think one forty eight between the last two seasons between mm-hmm. the shortened and last year. Um, dude, I want to see a full year, man. Like yeah. like give me one forty eight for a full season because we talked about it. Baseball's changing. We, it, it, we, you don't see guys playing one sixty two year in and year out every every, every day. Like like one forty is essentially a full season now for guys. You need that. Give me that, and then show me that. You're probably worth more than what a lot of us speculate, right? A lot of us say that his contract is a steal. We we know that it's a steal because of his tools. Yeah. But put your stats up to show that your tools are like coming along, you know? Yo. Well, yo. with your health, with your health, because health is his main thing. Yo, I just thought of the perfect way to end this. Go ahead. Which World Series would you rather watch for 2022? Oh, here, we go. here we go. Obviously, Yankees are gonna be in there, so would it be? <laughs> A Yankee Dodger World Series, mm-hmm. where they're playing their, uh, I guess, um, their exact opposite team. I guess, I guess, I don't know. I guess Dodgers are the Yankees over the West Coast. Would you rather a Yankee Met World Series, where you already know how to get crazy? Yo, you already know that we're gonna have like places in in New York burning down, like the no bodega safe, right? Like everybody lock your kids up because shit's getting crazy out in New York if that happens. Or Yankees Braves, where they take out last year's World Series champion. Which World Series would you rather watch of those three? Um, I'm going to go. <laughs> this is going to sound like a shot. I mean, it probably, it probably is a shot because it's a New York team. So, so fuck them. But like, I'm going to go with the Mets, and you know why I'm going to go with the Mets because the Mets are the team that I have the least faith in for the matchup being able to happen down the line. Oh yeah, and that's the shot. That's the shot. I think I think I think the Dodgers and the Braves are both run well enough to the point where the Yankees will meet them one day. I think the Mets have a window. I think you have to take advantage of this Steve Cohen window because I, I do think it's gonna get to the point where if Steven Co- if Steve Cohen is out here dropping hundreds of millions of dollars year in and year out and the Mets don't bring in a title, he's gonna stop at some point. You feel me? He's he he's gonna he's gonna like he's he's gonna start to be like uh it's 10 years without a without a title, right? Not saying that they're gonna go that long, but yeah. Like they're just in a window. 
the, Do- the Dodgers are always going to be there. The, not going to lie that the Yankees Dodgers World Series is, is a nice one too. I don't think I think the third one would obviously be Yankees uh, Braves simply because I don't think there's there's enough there. Like like and I, I and I don't think Yankees Braves there's enough animosity between there the fan it, bases, yeah, right? Yeah. Like like do- like Yankees Dodgers, you could bring in the animosity. Yankees Mets, you can definitely bring in the animosity. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm going to go Yankees-Mets simply because I, I also want to take advantage of, of the players facing the players that they have now, right? Like, I, yeah. I, I want to see a Lindor in, in a World Series exclusively in New York, you know? Like, that type of thing, that type of thing would be hype for me. But, um, yeah, I, I'd, I'd probably take the Mets right now. Yo, so I've been, I've been listening to too much TikTok, and there's this new world word called uh, – well, not new word, but, like, manifesting. Bro. Uh-huh. Right now, I am I am manifesting a New York Yankee, New York Met World Series, where Bruh. we have the primetime shortstops of Francisco Lindor and Anthony Volpe up up for his first uh, playoff run because um, Kyler Falefa was struggling or some shit. I don't I don't know. Maybe we trade somebody. I, I have That'd no be idea. crazy. But now, like honestly, I I want I want to watch the Subway Series. Um, you you won't get this unless you're from the New York area, but New York sports are a lifestyle, right? Where where people live, breathe, their entire emotional well-being kind of belongs on their like team they root for, right? Like last few years, if you're from New York, you've been miserable as a human being, right? Like your your, your Yankees been underperforming, your Giants suck, your Jets are a joke, your Mets are a joke, right? Like your Knicks are a joke, your Nets got KD, but they suck too. Um, I, I saw you hitting though, Rob. You best chill with that with your with your KD slander. I'm always, I'm always gonna hate, bro. Nah, nah, KD. It ain't it ain't it ain't KD slander. I I love I love KD, but I'm I'm always gonna take every opportunity to shit on Nets fans for sure. Yo, but like 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 right now I live on the West Coast, right? Like right now I live on I live closer to like Angel Stadium and and Dodger Stadium, and out here I'm not I'm not gonna lie. Like there's very passionate Dodger fans. They, they are very they are very passionate. But it's easy to ride with your team. It's not easy to die with your team. Which the one thing I haven't seen in California is teams is, is people die with their teams. Where conversations are literally about like this half decade's Dodger teams, and then the one that happened like when what's it called like Koufax was there and 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 that stuff was happening. But that whole middle where you had like Sean Green being your best player. That kind of goes untalked about, right? Like no one mentions Adrian Gonzalez anymore, but he was probably one of the better, like you know, Dodgers for a while, right? No one mentioned those teams, where on the East Coast, like you, you die with, like, bro. I remember teams that, like, or or people talk about teams that didn't even do anything. So it's a little bit different culturally, right? Like, like I, I feel like right here, it's a, is it like ride or die? Or it's just kind of like, okay, this is awesome, fan on. So I would definitely rather watch a, a Yankee Metro series because. I will lose friendships over it. I, I, I fully believe it. One, one, one of my uh, close friends is a Mets fan. I tell him, yo, like, I don't know why you did that to yourself. Like, your parents are cruel for making you go through that. But, like, you know, that, that's on you guys. You guys suck. But, yeah, man, look, I, think, yeah. I think that's a good spot to end it. Obviously, the Yankees aren't a guarantee for the World Series. You know, you, you still have the Rays there. You have the Blue have Jays. Baseball, you have a lot of baseball left, right? Right now, we're kind of just hoping, right? We're just kind of just throwing stuff out there. But, yo, it's going to be a great season. It, it, it's been fun so far. It's been real fun to watch so far. Oh, one, one last thing I want to touch on. The dead ball shit. It's okay. It's okay that we have a dead ball. It's fine. I'm, I'm, I'm okay with it. 
you know what? You know what I don't want? I don't want five foot two Jose Altuve hitting twenty five home runs, right? Like I, I think he's a guy that should hit like fifteen to twenty home runs, right? Like your, your big sluggers, like your Aaron Judges, like your Freddie Freemans, like your Bryce Harpers. Those are guys that I want thirty to forty home runs from. I do not need some scrub in like Aaron Hicks have one great year of twenty something home runs because we have a goofy ball on. Like I am okay with seeing less home runs. We've seen so much better baseball the last couple of weeks. Dude, so it's a it, I'm you know, the sad thing the sad thing about it, it's it's a constant cycle of overcorrection. Absolutely. That's all that's all it is. It's just it's just, oh, dead ball, too much, home runs, back and forth, back and forth. The game's never gonna be perfect. You 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 can only try to get it as close to perfect as as you possibly can. And I think we're going to see things year in and year out that are good, that are bad and everything. But again, we also can't just sit here and complain about every single thing that happens to try to change the sport. Like we have to give it some time to kind of just like, you know, see actual long-term correlations (laughs) between things, right? Not just like one month correlations um, to kind of like make our points, you know? Yo, pick pick a ball and stick with it. And and that's it. And you're good. Whatever whatever ball you want to use, if I can use it. Right, like let's stop with this whole this is a dead ball era. Like no, like some teams just suck. Like also, it's also what happens when you build your whole strategy over. Hey, these balls are juice. Let's try to hit home runs or walks, and everything else doesn't matter. Right, like that's what happens when we hyper shift. Right, where we have five people in the outfield against Joey Gallo. Like what? I like it. Just why even have a catcher? Dude, it's it's, look, it it's silly. It's silly, bro. That it's silly. That's another thing. People stop, stop, yo, stop like spreading a false argument out there. Like people keep keep saying keep acting like people are against the shift. People are not against the shift. People, people are, are against, against extreme yeah. shifts. Yeah. Extreme shifts. We are not against we are not against the standard four person. You know, you have that fourth guy moved over shift. We understand that. That is that is what, what has been seen in the game for a long time. We are talking about six pers- six people on the right side of the field. Yo, personally. Like, Personally, here's my thing on the shift, right? I think that you should have markers. Before pitch is thrown, you can't go past here. After pitch is thrown, if you want to run there, fuck it, go for it. You, you expose yourself if, if they hit it at your position, right? Like, yo, this shouldn't, like, your shortstop shouldn't be able to cross the right of second base. But if he wants to stand at that line, whatever, that's on you. I'll take that, right? Like, so you're right. still shifting. You just don't have. Like shortstop playing second base and your third baseman playing right field. Yeah, no, I'm just I hate the lack of context. That's the only thing. I, that's the only thing. I, every time, every time the argument, the word, phrase, whatever shift comes up, like it's just it's the wrong argument that we're going against. And I'm just like, come on, guys. Like, we, like we know, we know what we know what's being argued here. Like we know what play when players are talking about being against the shift. We know what players are talking about because we've had players hit the ball into the shift for decades before this yeah. and it wasn't that much of a talk like we know the type of shifts that players are complaining about bro other thing too we gotta stop yo if you haven't played baseball since t-ball and you're telling a a professional baseball player just hit it the other way because your coach told you how to do it you gotta shut your face you, you gotta shut your face <laughs> like unless unless you played i'll, I'll say this unless you played college I'll, I'll, I'll go college unless you played like college or, or high level high level high school where you're facing guys that are throwing at least 85 miles per hour. Shut your face about, hey, it was so easy, just go the other way. Like, I, my coach told me to do it. I used to do it. Yeah? Did you? Why the fuck are you at an accounting job now, Jerry? Like, if your coach told you to do it and you're so good at it. If you're so good at it, why the fuck are you doing my taxes, Jerry? Like, you know what I mean? Like, 
It, it's one of those Dude, things. That's why, that's why I say don't hate on a guy like Miles Straw. Like, that, like that's <laughs> exactly, what I'm saying. Yeah, it's just yeah. like there, there's only certain guys. There's only certain guys that do this. Like, and again, anyone can have anyone can have like whatever opinion on the matter that they want to have. But again, just some stuff is I've never seen baseball try to get dumbed down like every single year every single year baseball keeps trying like people keep trying to like dumb baseball down like it's it, it be, like every year that goes by it becomes like an easier sport to make it in. like <laughs> yo just look. because just because you're seeing more superstars doesn't mean that it's easier like if anything it's hard it's harder like do you yo do you know do you understand not only not only just having the talent but the pressure that comes with being a junior like that, with, that comes with being a junior, <laughs> yeah, and, and, yeah, yeah. And, and to be honest, yo, look at Fernando Tatis. Your father didn't, and this isn't a shot. Yeah, your father didn't have to be an all star or yeah. anything like that, right? Like, you're, like Fernando Tatis Senior isn't Vladdy Senior, right? Yeah. But you still have that pressure. You have that connection. You have that that the door was more easily accessible to you because of the advantage that you had growing up in the sport. Yo, and like, people, like so, one thing that people gotta realize with, with baseball too. Baseball is a very technical sport where. It's not just you're you're a great athlete and, and you can make it happen. Yo, I can promise you Vladdy Jr. can hit a three-pointer in an NBA game before LeBron James can hit a fastball. Right? Like, like I mean, yeah, it's a no contest, yeah, bro. That's like, a no contest, bro. I, I, I bet you that if you give Vladimir Guerrero Jr., who's not a great athlete, by the way, he's a great baseball player. He's not a great athlete. He's a subpar athlete, great baseball player. Like, if you give him the ball at the one yard line, there's more of a chance that he scores a touchdown for your fantasy team. Then I don't know who who's a great running back right now. Um, Alvin Kamara hits a fastball, right? Like, right, yeah. Like it, it's just one of those things where it, 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 you know you had the best basketball player in your generation, and Michael Jordan try out you know baseball, and he was pretty bad at it. Like people, like I I know that um that what's it called thirty for thirty series or whatever it was, the Last Dance mm-hmm. made it seem like yeah. he was getting better. He wasn't. He was trash. There was no way that he would have legitimately gone to the MLB without them being, hey, look, we need fans. Michael, we need you to play center field. <laughs> yeah, nah, like, nah, dude. It, it, it's crazy, man. Like, like I said, I think, I think we just, we got to take a step back. The, we, we keep turning on our TVs and we constantly see, you. I mean, you said it. Every team has at least one guy that you can market, right? Absolutely, Because yeah. of that, we keep turning on our TVs <laughs> and we keep seeing superstars no matter what game we're playing. Right. And the superstars are the ones that are making the game look easy. Right. Yeah. And because you see an Okunia Jr. and a Tatis Jr. and a Vladdy Jr. and Otani and all these guys doing these sorts of things, then you kind of expect like trickle down to like the rest of the yeah. players, not forgetting that there's levels to this game. Like, like there's a reason why one guy there's a reason why there's a why certain hitters are never going to make more than like six million dollars in a season. And there's a reason why other guys see $30 million in a season, right? Like, it's always going to be that different. Like, you can't expect it to be easy for everyone because I guarantee you, if Joey Gallo can't make the adjustment, that does not guarantee that Yah can make the adjustment. <laughs> like, it's just like, you know, like, calm down. It's not, it's not like, oh my it's Lord. It's always, you know, my favorite comments are always like, I did it when I was playing against people throwing fucking 70. Like, dude, or, I bet Joe, you know what the crazy thing about that is, too? I bet Joey Gallo did it when he was in high school or college, too. Yeah. Yo, it's crazy. We're talking about the major leagues, man. My, like, second, my second favorite t- comment to the yo, look at like Tony Gwynn. Tony Gwynn went the other way. Yeah, you mean, oh, like you the mean, best you mean one of the greatest? Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, did he? Was he that good? Shit, tell me more. <laughs> Bro, when you talk about, when you talk about Gwynn, when you talk about Gwynn, the conversation, any conversation that you're having around, around Tony Gwynn, 
you're usually in the same sentence. You're usually talking about a Ty Cobb or a Pete Rose or an Ichiro Suzuki. Like, come on. Yeah, <laughs> like, what yeah. are we talking about? Yeah, it's, it's not, like, that, Joey Gallo, I'm sorry. I'm sorry Joey Gallo's not with that group. <laughs> like, I'm sorry Joey Gallo's not with that group, man. Oh, man. Uh, that, that's, that's, a, that's a good way to end it, man. Yo, guys, look, we'll, we'll see you next time. Uh, we'll, we'll have Nick next time. We had a little bit of um, technical issues, unfortunately, with him. But, yo, we'll be back, man. See you guys later. Thank you, everybody, for listening to Diamond Talk. If you have any questions or comments, feel free to hit us up at diamondtalkpodcast at gmail.com. That's diamondtalkpodcast at gmail.com. To catch up on our old episodes, or if you want to check out the rest of the awesome pods that we have under the SSAW network, head to our website at tssaw.com. And do not forget to subscribe. See you all next week, and we'll catch you on the field.